Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to the Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by Rob Blanchett in a cold UK. Rob, we are not in Qatar and it's freezing. How are you doing? I'm good. Happier to be here in minus seven degrees at the moment rather than being in Qatar for the end of the World Cup. I was just saying, obviously, to you, Scott, off camera, you know, it feels like the World Cup is done and dusted for me now. It's not always the way for all journalists and all football fans. Obviously, people will be watching the final now coming up in the days ahead. But it very much feels like Manchester United business is back on the agenda. I've not made that mental adjustment yet. This, this is a little bit weird. Uh, I'm I'd imagine for me, it'll happen from Monday and then we're right back into some juicy Carabao Cup action, which is just what you want as a pre-Christmas treat, isn't it? Uh, But yes, uh, it's, I have been told actually, stop moaning about the cold. I live in X country and we're living in minus 30. Stop complaining about minus five and minus seven. Uh, But it's cold for us, all right? So um, we, 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 we complain when it's like six degrees. We go, yes. oh, it's cold. So, uh, yeah, minus seven, that's a treat. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yes, yeah, so you can subscribe to The Promised Land wherever you get your pods on Apple, Google, Spotify, and the likes, and follow us on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at Promise and MU for the show. We're on YouTube twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays, although the Christmas period is coming up, so our dates might be a little bit all over the place. We'll do it around Man United's calendar to try and give you a look ahead and a look back when United start playing games until the new year begins, but we will not be, uh, well, we won't be going away. Just the days might be a little messed up a little bit, but uh, yes, uh, go to the YouTube channel, subscribe, like the video, leave a comment for us as well. Join the community as well. And the link should be in the description of this episode. If you're listening on an audio platform today, we'll be talking a bit of a mix. Actually, there's a lot of news around United's potential sale. United's, uh, Gonna, they're going to be well. They're going to be shirt sponsorless, are they? I don't know. We'll see. But Team Viewer and Man United announced on Thursday night that uh, it's essentially United are going to buy Team Viewer out of the shirt sponsorship deal and try and resell the shirt sponsorship. So uh, obviously, I think Team Viewer internally have not been too happy with how this one has come about. They think it was a ridiculous decision to put up the money that they put up in order to get that privilege. Uh, but it looks like. Team View will be taking a step back and United will be able to essentially renegotiate and get a new sponsor on the front. Imagine United without a shirt sponsor on the front. That would be nice, although United probably need the money at the moment. We'll talk about what that means in the wider scheme of things. We'll talk about, obviously, the Adidas deal as well is expiring within the next few years. 
We'll talk about what that potentially means in terms of the overall sale. Uh, Avram Glazer and Eric Ten Hag have both spoken about a potential sale since we last had a show. We'll also be talking about Jaden Sancho and Joao Felix as well, uh, and potential incomings, outgoings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, on today's show. But we'll start at the top there, Rob, with uh, the team viewer news, which probably isn't the most juicy for everyone. It's not like, oh, Man United are signing X player. We'll get to that at the end. You have to stick around for the Zhao Felix chat. But uh, is, is this a nice little boost for potential buyers? Obviously, we know that uh, United are up for sale or not. Uh, Avram Glazer has said outside a stadium uh, at the World Cup, he said, it's not necessarily a sale. It's a process we're going forward and we're going forward with the process. So we'll see what happens. It's the process and the process is proceeding. So <laughs> great, great quote, to be fair. Uh, and Eric Ten Hag has spoken about the potential sale as well, but I'll, I'll bring those quotes in in a second. But team viewer exiting United shirts, Adidas deal up in the next couple of years. Is this a nice little boost for potential buyers to be in that position where they're not locked into a long-term deal on a shirt or a kit supplier and they can kind of go ahead and renegotiate themselves, although we are in the midst of a recession? I don't know whether that makes a difference. I don't know if it makes a difference for your general blue chip companies that maybe be attracted to putting their name on the front of Manchester United shirt. But I think with the team viewer uh, business, Obviously, when they when they took the sponsorship, it was a big sponsorship, and people were like, "Team Hugh, uh, who's this? What? Never heard of this company." And I think all this little time period on the way they've been on the front of Man United shirt, people are still going, "Who are this company?" So for them, that forty-seven million pound a year that they gave Man United as a contract to take that sponsorship was probably badly placed. There, uh, there's been some revolt with their shareholders, and this is why we are where we are. But you're right. Uh, there, there's no doubt that any future owner of Manchester United or anyone who wants to invest into the business, even if that is with the Glazers or without the Glazers, there's an opportunity there to bring along a partner with them. So we've said this before, we've talked about the Adidas deal and maybe the connections with the board and why that deal happened. Here we are now, Manchester United. Could they be, you know, for I don't know whether this will impact the rest of the season or where the end of that team viewer contract runs to. If they're actually buying them out, that suggests that Man United might have no sponsors on the front of their shirt. Could be a classic shirt, Scott. A, a sponsorless Man United shirt, like Nottingham Forest shirt this year. So no sponsors as, as they start the season. So here we are, United and Forest, you know, ex-European Cup winners dancing together with no with no shirt sponsor. Um, but this thing's these are all going to play out now. There's going to be a lot more of this. As we said, it might be the boring side of the business. But it's quite important because... Those things, when we talk about ownership, these things are all raveled in, whether it be shirt sponsors or any kind of commercial sponsor. Yeah, uh, so obviously I just mentioned Avon Glazer's quotes there. He did stress it's not necessarily a sale, and we have, uh, yes. speaking on the podcast in the past, said that it's not necessarily going to be a sale, even though it's quite an exciting prospect that United might be sold. Uh, I'd imagine they won't really want to step away from this cash cow without a you know, without a valid reason or a, a hell of a lot of money in their pocket. Uh, but Eric Ten Hag has had his say as well. Uh, I think he's spoken to Richard Arnold and he said that he essentially speaks to Richard Arnold a lot more than the Glazers do, but he has met the Glazers before. 
Uh, he said there, the Glazers open and transparent. We spoke about the culture we want. We spoke about the objectives, goals, and the culture, and he confirmed it won't change, that it will be even better because more money will become available for this project. So that's all a manager sees, really, uh, and fair play. My information is that it will only be good things because there will be more investment possible, which is good. I look at the competition around the Premier League. They have all the opportunity to invest, and it's tough competition between seven or eight clubs. Uh He's right, isn't he? To look at it in that sense, not really getting involved too much, but it's obvious this team needs investment. Uh, and where is the... If you read some of the stuff floating around over the last few days, United's cash position isn't massive. They've gone and paid for, according to The Athletic, uh, the deals that they funded in the summer on essentially what are, in in quotes, company credit cards. There's a massive uh, transfer debt uh, that United owe out, I think it's 200 billion plus. Uh, that means that United aren't essentially the free flowing uh juggernaut uh that they used to be. But I mean, if the ownership does change hands, I think United can pretty much get back on the straight and narrow. I'd imagine if you get the right buyer pretty quickly, uh, with all of these potential uh new deals to do. But yeah, Ten Hag obviously knows that there's a lot of investment required here and. At the moment, United are kind of doing it. Uh, it it's, it's difficult for them at the moment. Let's just say that. So how, how do you, what do you react to Eric Ten Hag's comments? How do you react to them? I think he's, he's saying all the right things and we're not surprised, are we? You know, like the thing is, he's not a politician. He's a football coach. So he's got to keep it within the realms of football. I know in the past, like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and even going back to Sir Alex Ferguson, you know, fans have been critical of managers not talking about the wider aspects of ownership. Now, we'll talk about it as journalists and fans, but why should a manager talk about it, really? You know, he didn't even have to say that when, when he was kind of when it was put forward to him the other day. But it shows at least that he has an interest in it and maybe a pulse for what's going on. And I agree with him in terms of, you know, like you've just said there about the, the kind of Man United buying players on tick. So what does that mean? It's kind of like United doing deals with clubs, but but maybe putting uh, deals together where money is paid later on. It's not really a problem. That happens in football a lot. You might find that some of the more richer clubs with oil money might do it slightly different because they've got more cash reserves. Man United haven't got that at the moment. But like we just said about shirt sponsors, Adidas's kit deal is worth 750 million to Man United. And when that eventually expires they'll be looking for something around a billion for that kind of kit deal again. So you've got money coming in in the future, and that's why you're spending some of it now. So you've only got to use Real Madrid and Barcelona as your prime examples, two clubs that have absolutely no money who tend to spend a lot of money still. So that's just the football industry in a nutshell. But I think with Eric Ten Hag, he's right. You know, there are six or seven or eight clubs now who can put that money up. The likes of Aston Villa, you know, have got incredible wealth reserves compared to Man United, which is a bit scary. So this is why we said last season, United could slip down the order unless they get a good manager and some good players because there's there's a top 10 now in the Premier League that earn incredible money and got really rich owners. So it's a kind of let's wait and see. Let's see who comes in because I think it's been interesting that it's all gone a little bit quiet with the main protagonists about who could buy the club. Obviously, there was a lot of chat, wasn't there, in the first few days and weeks. But that's gone all very quiet while people do due diligence and see what Man United really are. You know, are they carrying a lot of extra debt that we don't know about? There's no doubt, I think, that things like transfers, you would need someone to come in and clear those. 
unless you've got some nicely structured deals where you can pay that off over two, three, four years. United are used to doing that now, Scott. Four years on a on, on a player of paying it 20 million, 25 million, 25 million, 20 million in instalments. That's more the structure of the deals that Man United have done in recent years. Yeah, I mean, we'll see uh, how long this uh, potential sale ends up taking. Another line to come out uh, over the course of this week is that they want this kind of sorted in Q1 mm. of next year, which is very soon. <laughs> I thought it would take a fair bit longer than that and be more uh, more of a summer job. But, and it uh, would mean that the deal needs to be done like now. Like if you yeah. want it in Q1, then it means that things are happening. So this is why I'm saying it's interesting. It's gone very quiet because I think those who want to buy Man United are going to play this, these cards very close to their chest because the Glazers want a quick sale or the Glazers want to be involved with Man United next year in a, say, reduced capacity. You're still going to get that business done. So I think there'll be a bit of conjecture there. It's like, you know, when will this deal get done? I, I think that we will hear about a new owner or a new partner in the next few weeks and months, obviously. But then I think it won't get done probably till Q1 next year. All of these uh, financial conditions, though, and all of the debt that is mm. there, the transfer debt, the stadium, all of these different things is just not evidence of just how... This is the culmination, really, isn't it? You can see this is why the Glazers are looking at this, because they have literally run the club into the ground. Yeah. And there are so many aspects here that you look at regarding United and think, good God, what a mess. I mean, it's not that if 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 they do change hands, the ownership does change hands and it's the right person or the right party, the right consortium that's that's buying the club. I mean, I don't think United are beyond repair. But there's a hell of a lot of work to do. And the Glazers have been, obviously, they couldn't even take dividends. <laughs> this is this it. time, like, you know? Like, like that, the, the, the announcement that, that they would not be taking their dividends on this round of dividends. That's not because they're nice. You know? It's not because they're nice. There's two reasons for it and two ways of looking at it. And the biggest reason, of course, is that there's no money. That if you take that money out of the club, what is a new owner going to say? Why are you taking that money out of the club? Because that's effectively my money now. Like I'm going to buy the club in the next six months. So why are you removing a dividend? So that tells you that they might have a deal being slow cooked somewhere that that's being decided. But I think the other side of this is, is kind of like it, it, it's it's kind of like future proofing Man United because there is no wider money. The profits are essentially shrinking, even though the revenues are going up. So how do you balance those things out and still run a football team? It's kind of where Liverpool were, but as FSG took them over, similar problems in terms of balance of finances. So I think I think the Glazers, you know, there was a story that came out in the Athletic Ram a bit a few days ago about the brothers, obviously Avram and Joel, wanting to stay at Man United and do a leverage buyout of the rest of the family to clear the Glazers out of the boardroom, the other 15, and kind of invite new sports investors in while they carry on running the club. I think they would quite like that, Scott. Whether they'll get that, I don't know. We've already seen, haven't we, uh, that Sir Jim Radcliffe kind of hinted at that. He was like, Oh, you know, a buy-in at Man United, but the Glazers don't want to sell. So this was obviously a few months ago. Well, there could be that. You know, he was very complimentary about the Glazers, wasn't he? Really good guys. They like Man United. They love the great sports people. Really like them. It's like sitting around a table with them. Do you? Okay. So let's see where that goes. The other side of it is, Scott, 
is uh, obviously Apple and Amazon being mentioned in all of this. And we just talked there about the stadium. I think that's going to be a big, big sweetener here. That whoever buys the football club, they get to rename Old Trafford, whatever they want, the Apple Stadium. The, you know, I Trafford, as people were joking the other day, that's actually closer to reality than I think people understand. So I think that Old Trafford will be on the table when it comes to naming rights. Um, it will be, you know, it will be the Old Trafford Apple Stadium or something like that, or the Amazon Stadium. But that is definitely going to happen now. I'm sure that naming rights will be something because the Glazers for years have resisted it, even though they've been dying to rename Old Trafford because they look at the Emirates and the Etihad and they go, why can't we have a bit of that? What's the difference between us and those other football clubs? So let's see what happens with that. But I would not be surprised if that's why an Apple or an Amazon would get involved because those stadium naming rights and the television rights that go with it are hugely, hugely lucrative. Yeah, I think... uh... The Apple uh, speculation was pretty much poo-pooed a little while ago. Mm. It doesn't mean it's not, (laughs) you know, the the initial links were just, uh, were denied. Um, But you're right there, Rob. I mean, you see it with the Etihad, you see it with uh, the Emirates. Tottenham have been trying to sell their stadium naming rights for years. And it's the way that football's going and like, whether Old Trafford stays as it is and gets improved or if it gets knocked down and kind of this new glorious arena is built and then that, think of how much of a statement that would be for whoever's sponsoring that stadium, you know? Absolutely. And and really the only companies that have got the money to do these kind of things are big tech and similar. So like Apple and Amazon are, are just examples of those industries, aren't they? That are super rich, super profits, and are looking at sport and moving into sport to be able to expand their own portfolio and their own profit. So I think this is the kind of way of looking at it is, is that it might not be Apple, it might not be Amazon, but it's going to be an Uber billionaire. Like, dare I say that, you know, have Twitter on the front of the shirt. I think Elon Musk did actually say very recently that he was a Man United fan not so long ago. So I, I don't think that he is linked. He's not obviously interested in going into, I think, a, the company where he's going to be ploughing his money into a football team. But there are owners out there who want to do that. And certainly we are seeing that big tech are very, very interested in what will be the next round of TV rights over the next few years. Kind of why the European Super League was being talked about so much, because this is, again, the, the, the carrot that you have to dangle in front of these industries. You can't just say, oh, yeah, you're going to get a 20th share of Premier League money because that's what we do in England. It's about trying to find other ways. So if you could put Man United on Apple TV, yeah, Apple would love that and Apple would pay for it. And if they get Old Trafford and they can rebuild that and put their symbols all over that, that stadium and advertise through that and maybe advertise on a shirt as well. We're just talking about a shirt sponsor. All of those things are a really big collective package for any potential new buyer. Yeah. You mentioned a few minutes ago, Rob, about the Glazers or the the, the two prominent Glazers wanting to continue, potentially continue their role with just new backing. Mm. Who's going to like, and Jim Ratcliffe obviously has, has spoken about the Glazers before, but I think Jim Ratcliffe, that he would have done that with a at the time he would have done that with a view to actually taking full control down the line. Yes. Uh, how likely? Obviously, you can't say it's off the table, but you look at the position that the Glazers have got the United into now, with all of the outstanding debt and all this, mm. all these problems that have to be fixed. Is somebody really going to look at these these guys and just go, "Yeah, you can you can keep control while I plow my money in." 
Well, as much as we are kind of, I don't know, like disgusted, that's the best word, isn't it, of how Man United have been run by the Glazers. Let's, let's put it on the table straight as it is. We're disgusted by it, but does the marketplace, are they disgusted? Like wider business? Not really. Manchester United remain an asset to the Glazers. That's why the Glazers have stuck around for so long. But would someone want to come in in partnership? It's difficult to say. Like, you know, Jim Radcliffe said the right things, but is there a, a billionaire out in Qatar or Saudi or somewhere like that that's got a lot of money that, that would be happy to bankroll a football club and maybe get all the benefits of that and kind of let the Glazers still continue to take the flak by being at the club? could happen like so it's it's a balancing act here scott and it's about who are the glazers friends obviously i think any prospective new owner who wants to buy the whole football club they're going to kick the glazers out on day one they don't want the glazers there it's their project then isn't it but it's about whether someone wants to pay that what i reckon is going to be around five billion pound mark for manchester united there are plenty of billionaires out there that, that will do that business but I think the Glazers would also quite like to maybe be a minority shareholder at Man United. So they remain on the board. They get a say in it. They get dividends because that's the other side of this coin. They keep paying us. We want to take more money out of Man United. But then it's kind of soft control. It's no longer Joel's club because let's be honest, it is. It's Joel's club and Avram is a bit of a playboy, drives his Ferraris around Florida and gets caught by doorstepping journalists everywhere, which is quite funny. Um, but um, but it's a wait and see, because I think that, that we're going to hear something very, very soon on it. And I do also think that that when a deal is put on the table, it will almost be up and ready then, because I think people are doing their due diligence on this football club already. One of the Glazers' biggest outlays, uh, well, you say Glazers' biggest outlays, one of the biggest outlays that Manchester United have made under the Glazers' ownership, <laughs> maybe it's that, that's the right way to put it, uh, has been Jaden Sancho. Mm. Uh, we spent I spent about two years covering this transfer before it happened. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he's arrived. He's played okay in fits and starts, but now something's not right. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. there. Uh, Eric Ten Hag obviously didn't take him on the mid-season tour of Spain. He didn't make the England squad. He's lost his place in the United team. Uh, one of England's best young prospects he was when United signed him. I've seen a lot of United have ruined another player uh, leveled at them on social over the last few days. Eric Ten Hag has spoken in the last couple of days about Jaden Sancho and his situation. He said uh, he's not fit enough. 
we didn't see him in the last games for United as he wasn't in the right fitness state. And now he's on an individual program, which is in the Netherlands that was previously discussed on this show. We want him to finish that and hopefully see him back soon. We want to bring him back as quickly as possible, but I can't give a prognosis of when that'll be. He was good in preseason, but also when the league started, he played some good games like Liverpool, Leicester and Arsenal. After after we got a drop off of level and that's what happens sometimes and you don't know why or what is causing it. This is what we're doing now, trying to research and now we try to get him back into there. It's a combination of physical, but also mental. Mm. Hmm. Interesting quotes. Man. Interesting quotes, and we kind of touched upon this on the last show, didn't we? Because there has been a lot of chat about Jaden Sancho on this show. We've talked very promisingly about him, how we wanted to see him get the number seven, how in preseason he was great, and going into the new season, how important he was to this whole project. But there's been plenty of talk behind the scenes about what is going on with Jaden Sancho. So we can enlighten maybe a few people about it, because I think this is the whole thing now that the manager's spoken about it. I think it's more comfortable to speak about it. That there has been issues there with his health, you know, both I think mental and physical. He does seem to suffer with illness. So this is something that goes back over time. It's not just at Manchester United, but going back to Dortmund. And it's about, I think, also about maybe when you're at Man United, when things are good, it's great being at this football club. You know, it's magical and you're a superstar. And when things are not so good, it is a drain. It's hard work coming into work every day to train, to not get to where you want to be and not get on the pitch. And there's been plenty of United fans I've seen already that are saying Jaden Sancho is a bust. Tons of them, especially in recent weeks. Jaden Sancho is not good enough. Well, he was good enough when you went and bought him from Dortmund when he was getting 20 goals and 20 assists plus a season in the Bundesliga. So what has changed? I think for Jaden, the fact that he is young, and that's one way of putting it, that I think the, the mental strain of playing for Manchester United has been tough on him in the same way that it was tough on Marcus Rashford last year. Yeah, I think when you're not in a good moment, um, whether in your private life or behind the scenes or whatever, it's really tough to play for this football club because you're constantly scrutinised. You're constantly carrying this weight on your back. So this is where we are with Jaden. So we know that he went to Netherlands to address some of these things, a kind of, I would say, holistic training camp for him to go to the Netherlands, get his head straight, get his physicality straight. And we were kind of told before the, the, the Spanish tour that that's where they, they were with Jaden and Jaden was going to be given the time to get right. So I'm, I'm quite surprised that the manager came out and spoke about it as candidly as he did. I think that's very Eric Ten Hag, isn't it, being honest about individuals. He was honest about Ronaldo. He's been honest about Sancho. And I still think there's plenty of positivity around Jaden. I think they still believe that if they get him right, get his physical, uh, physical conditioning right. You've got to remember, Scott, in those early games, you saw he was getting pulled at 70 minutes every game, wasn't he? Yeah, so that, that's a sports science thing that tells me. 70 minutes, 70 minutes comes round, Ten Hag's thinking, got to get this guy off the pitch because that's what my sports science teams are telling me. So now it's trying to get Jaden to 90 and 95 minutes. If you can get him there and get him right up here as well, I'm touching my head here. If you can get him in those conditions again, then I think he'll be a great player for Man United. But I do also think you need to give the boy a little bit of time. Yeah, uh, Sancho's position obviously is not as kind of locked in as it once was. Uh, he was bought, he was viewed by Ollie as the answer on the right-hand side. Turns out, uh, maybe this is debatable, but he's better from the left. And now United have 
found out that Marcus Rashford's back in form, but from the left-hand side, Alejandro Granacho plays from the left-hand side. They're looking at potential new signings who can also play on the left-hand side. Anthony Martial is a striker, but can also play on the left-hand side. So his position, he's got like he's got to get uh, in the right condition in order to even fight for his place and get a place in the team because he's got a lot of competition now. Is not the automatic starter they bought him to be. Yeah, well, for him, the biggest problem are two words, Cody Gakpo. So if that happens at any point, then really it's Jaden who's probably the one who's going to suffer the most in terms of minutes. So he's got a fight on his hand, Jaden Sancho. But I think that's okay because I think that players, when they get into their groove and they're they're in that situation in the squad where they've got to play better, that that pressure can help. You know, only go and look at Luke Shaw. Every time he's got a challenge with someone at left back, he suddenly becomes the best left back in the world. It's quite a good thing, isn't it? It's a good response, and that's what managers want to see. I think in the squad. That's also why you don't not buy for those positions. So people have said. Oh, but United have got loads of wide players. Why would they want another wide player in Cody Gakpo or something like that? Because it's about the fluidity between that, between all those players. You know, you don't know where you're going to play. Someone like Sancho could eventually end up as a number 10. You could play him there in future, but I don't think that's where he'd play at the moment. So there's always those options for Eric Ten Hag, but it's now about getting Sancho back to where he was maybe a couple of years ago. I think it just shows, Scott, how hard it is to play for this club. You know, playing at Man United is not a great gig all the time. It's a really, it's stress. Like you look at Dortmund and Dortmund is the absolute kind of very nice, friendly, second club in Germany type team where if you do well, you're brilliant. Look at Jude Bellingham, you know, great performances. Now the best player in the world, according to some Mm -hmm. people and all of this. And Dortmund is a lovely feeder club, isn't it? Like, you know, Haaland's there, scores loads of goals every game goes to Man City. So it's that stepping stone. But when you've made that jump to a Man United, there's so much garbage that goes with it. And some players deal with it really well. And I've seen it firsthand. Other players crumble. They find it so difficult to manage the scrutiny, the social media hatred that you get just for putting on that red shirt. So I think for Jaden, it's I, I don't think the jury is out on him in terms of, I still think that he'll come good at Man United. I really do. I think that competition is needed, but you've also sent him away, get him ready, both physically and mentally, and then see where you go with it. And take him out of that spotlight of maybe being the next superstar at Man United. Keep buying players around him. Someone like Cody Gakpo, I think, is more suited to what Ten Hag wants to do today and tomorrow than Jaden is. So Jaden needs to develop his game to become viable. Yeah, I mean, obviously, physical and mental uh issues with with Jane Sancho Marcus Rashford uh, is a, a classic example of how it can actually just all work out he's admitted just himself click. just click yeah. uh, he was not in the best mental state last season he suffered with injuries for two years and now is in a physical position where he's feeling a lot better and you see now that he is uh one of the most productive players in an attacking sense he's doing it at the World Cup and this kind of thing as well so it's uh a, at least now, it's not like we're looking at Jose Mourinho managing this team and you feel no. like, oh, God, well, he's not in a position where he's, he can come back in. He's just going to get sold. I think Ten Hag is looking at the, this kind of player like Jaden Sancho. And you can, as a fan, you can have some trust that he will eventually get it right, I guess. Yeah, and I think it's also the difference, Scott, between injury and illness. Football fans understand injury. Break your leg. People understand that, don't they? You need to go away, fix your leg. 
when it comes down to illness and, and maybe like i'm not i'm not labeling this as mental illness or anything like that but when you're ill and you're sustainably ill and, and Jaden has been he's had viral conditions and covid and whatnot it could be a profound effect on your performance and your confidence. I think that's what we've seen with Jaden. He's just not being healthy from top to bottom. I saw someone the other day saying, oh, you know, he's not, he, he has real trouble with illness. And I think that's actually true, but that massively Im impacts your confidence. So they've got to get him fit. This is why they've sent him to Netherlands to see if they can get him over the hump there, where his conditioning is better. But it's not just about running, Scott. It's about, you know, being out, being yourself as you go out on the football pitch, being the best version of yourself. And I agree with you. You know, if you have a Mourinho here, Mourinho goes and beats down the player publicly, lambasts him, uh, belittles him and embarrasses him like he did Luke Shaw all those years ago. That was ago. the one I was thinking of. Yeah, and that's what I think everyone thinks of because I was, you know, I was getting at those games where he's there screaming at Luke, you know, and you're watching it and you're thinking, I get what you're doing, but what are you doing? You know, like, you know, like, calm down like managing properly um so i think that's the whole thing is that all the players at man united are really happy with ten Hag, with how honest and straight he is with them so i've got no issues i think with Jaden sancho being away from the camp doing personal training and then coming back to man united let's finish the show with one transfer speculation player <laughs> uh we haven't done it before i don't think joao felix mm. is uh at atletico madrid Cost about 120 odd million euros. Atletico, this this is one of the weirdest transfers ever, by the way. Uh, Atletico Madrid, who typically don't spend that kind of money, put up that kind of money. Diego Simeone on a player who is creative. I'm not saying he doesn't work hard, but it's obviously not working. And there is obviously an unhappiness there with Jao Felix and uh, the Diego Simeone relationship. And there's suggestions that he could leave in January, but this is one of the, this, I, I don't think there's many clubs out there, if any at all, that can put up the type of money it'll cost to take Joao Felix out of Atletico Madrid in mid-season. So it has been suggested over the last few days that there may be a possibility to loan the player with a, a buy obligation in the summer. And I'm going to ask you, Rob, like what, uh, obviously Gakpo hasn't happened. You know, I'd have lost Ronaldo. Joao Felix looked all right in his in, at the World Cup in 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 spells. What do you make of this potential fix? And it's obviously a massive deal. Uh, let's let's put aside the can United do this deal and let's look at the player and if he would fit. I think Joao Felix is a good player with a high ceiling, and we've seen some amazing things from him over time in flashes. But unfortunately, the finances of this deal uh, is really the complication point here. So you've got a player that's worth 100 million to their football club, or that's what they believe the, the valuation is in a market that's shrinking. So you just said there's only clubs that can actually afford him. Well, yeah, there is one. There's Paris Saint-Germain. They could afford him. They might be looking at a post-Messi scenario in a not-so-distant future where they're looking at bringing in replacements in the forward line uh, if Messi decides to... You know, he's done with France and wants to move on to America or wherever his next step is, maybe going back to Argentina to play there for the first time. Who knows? Um, but I think with, with Jao Felix, and you look at the United project, with Ronaldo leaving the football club, yes, there is a kind of striker forward 
hole in the attack now? You know, what do Man United want to do? And I think it's more about bringing in a player that fits Ten Hag's style. I'm not so sure whether João Felix is that player at that money. I think if you're going to pay that kind of money, you're looking at someone who's absolutely doing it at the top level. You're looking for Haaland level, aren't you? That's what you're looking. If you're going to pay 100 upwards or maybe, say, do a loan now with an obligation to buy, I don't think Man United, with a new owner coming in, can do that at the moment. You can't oblige to buy when you're actually selling the football club and go, there's another 100 million you've got to pay there because we, we did this deal with a player. But a loan could happen, of course. I think that is a, that's a possibility. It's whether Jao Felix wants to do that as well. Like, does he want, want to come to Man United? I don't really know. There, there are players putting themselves in a shop window at the World Cup, Scott. Do we feel, and do you feel, Scott, that he successfully put himself in a shop window at the World Cup? No. What do you reckon? Not really. No. And I think that matters. That really matters in this in this instance. So I think there are players, you know, we talked about Goncalo Ramos and other players like that who have kind of nobodies who are now kind of known for one thing or another, you know, but they're out there and they've done it. They took their stage and they proved something in a very small kind of period of time. I don't think... No, Shao Felix was as good as Gonzalo Ramos in that game. It's just Ramos scored a hat-trick. But that's that, but this is the key part of it, is that Goncalo Ramos, like we said, they're like now talking about being a £70 million player. Well, he's not, is he? We know he's not. So you'd have to haggle on that. Jao Felix, is all, unfortunately, already got this price tag has been on his back for years, hasn't it? So if you want a player like him, there's every chance that you do strike gold, Scott. Like, if you pay the money for him, he has got the talent. There's no doubt about it. But in this last little you know, like drama piece at the World Cup, he didn't quite show that he was that type of player, did he? He's like, you know, he didn't. He wasn't the big moment. He didn't save Portugal, even though he did play quite well when he was on the pitch. And it matters, unfortunately. So I think that, that United can look elsewhere. That's the way I feel about it. I feel there are other players out there. And I still think a Gakpo type player, if it's not Gakpo or someone else, is probably what you're looking at, even with price range. You know, 50 million around that mark makes more sense than maybe 100 million, 100 million euros for a player like Jao Felix, even though I do think he's a super talent. Let us know in the comments or on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders at underscore Rob underscore B and at Promise and MU for the show. Let us know, would you like to see Jao Felix brought to Old Trafford under any circumstances necessary um, he is a talented player. I think he's got that flexibility, that ability to carry the ball. But like, I, I do kind of agree. United need a bona fide kind of uh, a player who's going to de- not deliver Haaland numbers, but at least put something comparable up there rather than be, I don't know, maybe I'd compare this to a maybe Firmino kind of sign. You won't really get that many goals out of him, but he'll knit the team together nicely. What are people wanting? Well, we're hearing like little kind of things, I think, especially social media side of it, is that like people are talking about Antoine Griezmann again. You know, so Griezmann's had all God. these links to Man United. Yeah, there's another story that we did to death years and years ago. Um, and we look at Griezmann. Griezmann has had a superb World Cup. And Griezmann's had a superb World Cup doing un-Griezmann-like things, working hard in midfield, being a link player, being someone that pushes your forward line into those half spaces and operating and working with them. That actually is more Ten Hag-like, would be a cheaper deal, would be a kind of 
not last chance saloon for Griezmann because he's, you know, he's had plenty of opportunities to show the talent he is. He might have a second World Cup in his pocket in a not so distant future. You know, again, don't want to have any spoilers there, but let's see what happens. But that is, again, I think the United are going to look for some kind of value with that. You know, I think they might look now at more experienced players because that's the balance that they've got. You know, they've got the Garnachos and Rashford and Martial are kind of mid-20s. Where do you go? Do you go even younger and get someone or do you go older and get someone who's already done it and is still doing it? So I think Griezmann's form at international level has been superb. It's just whether you can take him and put him in the Premier League and make that translate. Um, you could say, well, you've got players like like Bruno and you've got Ericsson, so maybe not. But he's the kind of player that can do that 9-10 role. If you wanted to, he could play through the middle. He could drop deeper. He could be an attacking midfielder. So I, I think there's plenty on the table for Man United and they'll be looking, obviously, at the wide scope of these things. Out of context or like off United topic, I love Antoine Griezmann. And I, I was very sad that that would never happen. See, I, I don't. I, I, I don't love him. Love him. I don't love him. I, th- I think, again, great talent. And he's in a good vein of form, isn't he? I think the issues for him over the last few years is that he does become anonymous at times, like in certain types of games and you can work him out. So I think he's been brilliant in Qatar and he's shown that he, he's of that level. And the fact that he's doing all this kind of dirtier midfield work as well is kind of strange. Like never thought that would be capable for him. But I think it shows with Deschamps taking the player and moulding him into something slightly different and getting value out of that. I think that's the kind of person Ten Hag is. Ten Hag takes a player and goes, you're good at this, 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 and this, but let's try this for a little bit. And let's try and push you into a different direction. Let's try and make you a more rounded footballer. And, and that's being an educator, isn't it, with the player? So I actually think that Griezmann fits Ten Hag's philosophy quite well. And yeah, then if you came into the football club, that would make sense even more than it would have done Scott, going back at the times when when he was that hotshot striker, when people were like, are you going to pay the big money for him? It's like, well, he might come to the Premier League and score you 12 goals a season. Are you really going to pay for that? Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of value. So, yeah, good player. Um, both of them good players, Felix and uh, Griezmann. Probably, more than likely, neither of them turning up at Manchester United. Yeah, I think Atletico Madrid would like to keep Griezmann and get rid of Joao Felix as it stands. But I'd make Antoine Griezmann rocking up at Old Trafford very, very, very unlikely. And we'll go Felix. Very, and also very because he does he does seem to have an aversion to England. Yes, like he, spoken, he also, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's spoken about England and English football quite a bit over time. And it was very similar to how Frankie de Jong has spoken about England and England uh, and English football over time. Like, yeah, it's all right. I'm not quite sure if it's for me. And that was when Man United were literally had the contract in front of him saying, are you going to sign for us? And he was a bit like, mm, don't quite like the weather, don't quite like the culture, not really into it. So I don't actually think we'll see Griezmann coming to Manchester United now. It could be like a last move thing for him in his 30s in years to come where he comes and plays a couple of years to collect a big paycheck in England. Um, but as it stands, I think both players are more pie in the sky and there are better players out there for your system and how you want to play to be able to fill out your numbers. You know, you could get a free transfer here, couldn't you, Scott, and get Jaden Sancho back. Get Jaden mm-hmm. back in the weeks to come. You're not going to pay any money for him. Get him right. Get him firing. Imagine if he starts getting goals and assists just freely in this system in the next, say, six weeks, six to 12 weeks. You're going to end the season with a really, really good player to be able to bring into your rotation. And I think I'd see Martial now. Keep him fit. If you keep Martial fit, 
that front line suddenly makes a lot more sense. Yep. You can subscribe to our show wherever you get your pods. We'll wrap up there. Uh, watch this as well twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays, although I did say at the start of the show, we'll be a little bit all over the place uh, over the Christmas and New Year period, but we will still be with you. Uh, the YouTube channel, head over to there, subscribe, like the video, leave a comment, let us know, is Joao Felix a good fit? Let us know who you would like United to sign in January. The link should be in the description of this episode if you're listening on an audio platform. Uh, and just remember, follow us on Twitter as well, at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at Promise on MU for the show. Thanks, thanks again, Rob. Uh, we'll be back next week when we'll be knowing who the World Cup winners are. Either Rafa Varane or Lisandro Martinez will be having a winner's medal to come home with. And United will be back in for some steaming hot Carabao Cup action against Burnley. Wonderful stuff. It's going to be Argentina. That's it. I think it might be as well. We'll (laughs) Let us know you think we'll win the World Cup as well, and we'll see you soon. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.